as you remain standing, if you can grab your Bibles with me, that was not planned. How many know we don't come with an agenda? <laughs> this was not in my notes, amen? But the presence of God is here. And we always want to be a people that are sensitive to God because that's what it's all about. That's what's going to change your situation. It's not a, a good teaching. It's not fancy words. It's the presence of the Lord. And I've said it over and over, and, and even in my own personal life, you cannot manufacture the presence of God. You can't, you can't bring that in any other way. God has to show up and do what he does best. And tonight, I believe God wants to speak to us. And uh, in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 2, there's a scripture that I want to read. And uh, it's an interesting scripture, and I, I believe tonight you're going you're gonna, to gonna learn a little bit. Amen. And, uh, and it's an awesome message. You got it? 3, verse 2, book of Malachi, last book in the Old Testament. It says, but who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launder's soap. You can grab your chair. Thank you, worship team. They already bounced on. Huh? <laughs> All right. Amen. <laughs> um, I, I've entitled this message. I've been battling all day with the, the title. Uh, and uh, I have two titles. I can't choose. Maybe you guys can choose afterwards. The first title is Fire and Water. Fire and Water. And the second title, which I'm leaning more towards, is Look at Nani. Look at Nani. In case you don't know, I have a daughter by the name of Viviana, and we've called her Nani. That's her nickname. It's stuck. It'll be with her for life. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, and, you know, you'll see why in a little while. But uh, I just want to thank the Lord for the opportunity to speak. I want to thank Pastor and Sister Chella and all the pastoral team uh, for this opportunity. And uh, it's always a blessing to come behind this pulpit. It's something that I don't take lightly at all. Um, and it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be able to bring this word. And uh, I also want to want to make mention and kind of acknowledge, well, not kind of, I want to acknowledge, um, you know, coming up here in about maybe two, three weeks, uh, me and my wife are going to be celebrating 12 years of marriage. Come on. That's a long time, 12 years of marriage. Um, you know, and, and I know many of you don't know the story of how we met. Uh, we, we, you know, knew each other uh, through an acquaintance, and through that acquaintance, we hung out at a Valentine's Day dinner party, and while we were at dinner, she slid me a note, and in that note, it said, do you like me? Do you think I'm cute? And it had a little box that said yes and no, and so I checked yes, and we've been together ever since. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We didn't eat that way. But uh, yeah, 12 years, 12 years coming up in, in October, and, and uh, we have been through some things, amen, and continue to go through some things. Uh, but the Lord has been with us. The Lord has been faithful, and she is a good woman. And I don't feel that I say that enough, amen, and she is a good woman. Um, she has been with me through thick and thin, and uh, we've been through some things together, amen, both saved and unsaved. And, uh, you know, one of the things I was thinking about on the way over here is that, uh, you know, since we've been in the Lord, we've been, we've been, I mean, nothing has changed. We're still riding together. We've jumped on planes together, right? We've, we've crossed the world together. Um, and even, you know, more recently, I think for the past, I don't know, maybe five years, um, you know, we've had an opportunity to, to have a home, 
you know, it's, it's a house and we've had, man, upward of 30 men and, and women that have lived with us for five years. They still live with us. Amen. <laughs> still live with us. Um, you know, not many women are, are down like that, right? I mean, she, she has been with us and we've had people come and go and uh, she has made our house a home. Amen. And she's, uh, you know, been in, come on, give a Lord a hand for that. She's been into to the vision. Amen. And, uh, and I know at times it gets a little crazy, right? But God is good. Amen. So I just want to acknowledge her, take this moment to acknowledge her, um, you know, because 12 years, it says something. Amen. It says that God is faithful. Amen. That's what it says. And, uh, you know, tonight, when we think about fire and water, I'm going to try to make this as simple as possible because uh, I believe it is simple. Fire and water, when you think of it, there's nothing more opposite, right? Fire and water are opposites. And, you know, even in their differences, when you think of fire and water, there's still some similarities when it comes to fire and water. And that's what I'm going to be talking about a little bit tonight is the similarities between fire and water. One of the similarities that fire and water has, it has the potential to change the chemical compound of the substances they touch. Both of them do. In other words, a solid steel building can be changed to liquid and ash when fire consumes it, right? I mean, here's an easier one. Let me give you an easier example. A piece of cow's meat, when fire chars it, can become a savory carne asada burrito. Let me put it a little bit in perspective there, all right? I mean, water can change a scoop of powder into milk, right? It could change it into some Kool-Aid, right, and some tang. Or even a stinky guy who's worked all day, you add a little water and soap, and he can transform him to be a presentable young man. Amen? It has the ability to change what it touches. Another similarity that fire and water have is that both have the ability to take away from any substance that they touch. Now, we talked about it has the ability to change it, but it also, both of these, both fire and water, have the ability to take away from things they touch. You can ask any resident of Mendocino County in Northern California what fire takes away, right? For some of them, it's taken away all they own. Or you can ask any resident of North Carolina what water takes away, right? Because most of them have their houses right now underwater. Tonight, I don't want to talk about what fire and water can build or add to. Tonight, rather, I want to talk about what it takes away what it takes away. Somebody once said, yesterday I was so clever, I wanted to change the world. Today, I am wise, so I'm changing myself. See, we're being changed so that we can change the world, all of us here today. Have you ever really considered, though, what it is that God wants to change in our lives? Have you ever really thought about it in your own personal life? What is it that God really wants to change in your life? What is it? What is it that he's dealing with you on? See, sometimes, not, I would say even more oftentimes, rather than focusing on that, we kind of focus on the process that God's using, right? Sometimes we focus on the, the, the people that God's using. Sometimes we even focus on the seasons that we're in. But what about the end result? What is it that God desires for our end result in our lives? It has been said that change is the end result of all true learning. What is it that God is trying to change inside of us? 
we see in Malachi 3.2 that God is compared to or is like a refiner's fire or launder's soap. What this tells us is this. This tells us that these are functions, right? Because it compares God to it. He says he is life. These are functions that God functions in, depending on the situation. But what I really want you to consider tonight is this. Fire, it's a destroyer. I mean, in reality, it's meant to put an end to whatever it is that it's touching. On the other hand, launder soap is meant to clean and purify, right? But it's also meant to clean and purify things that you want to reuse. We have two opposites here. Something that's meant to end and something that's meant to clean and reuse. So hear me on this one. So what if God uses these functions on us? This leads us to believe that there are areas in our lives, right? In our lives that God wants to destroy and end forever. And there's also other areas in our lives that God wants to clean, purify, and reuse in our lives. The end result for all of us is change. For some areas, in order for change to happen, it means death. In other areas, it means purification for future use. Say with me now, right? So let's talk a little bit about fire. And maybe they could put up that slide. I know this is going to look weird to you. Now, I'm not a fireman, right? I'm not trying to sell fire extinguishers, right? But I want to talk a little bit about fire tonight. And that's just a little visual to kind of give you. Can you guys all see that? All right. Fire, in studying for this, I learned something. That fire is... It's broken into categories. It's broken into classifications, if you will. There's class A, B, C, and D. Those are the main ones. There's other ones as well, but basically, it's broken into four classes. So when you hear of a fire, you know, a lot of times we hear it's a one-alarm fire, a two-alarm fire, right? You ever heard that term before? Well, this is what they're talking about. These are the classifications of fires. The first classification is what they call a combustible fire, right? That's class A. It's basically a fire that catches and burns easily flammable things. Things like wood, paper, cloth, right? Uh, the second one, the second class that, uh, uh, that we see in fire is class B, which is called a liquid fire. And this is a fire that catches and burns flammable liquids. Things like gas, things like paint, uh, propane, right? Uh, plastics that melt. Class C there's electrical fires. And basically, this is a fire that begins and is fed like by a concentrated source, like an electrical panel or bad wiring that a current leaks out of. That's what starts that kind of fire. And lastly, they have Class D fires, which are known as metal fires. And this fire basically catches and burns flammable metals, things like magnesium, aluminum, titanium, and so forth. Basically, these are levels of fires, right? They're levels of fire. So when God is doing a refiner's fire work in our lives, at any given time, God uses similar classifications in our lives. He does. He uses categories of fires in our lives to put an end to something that he doesn't desire in our life. We see at times when God is working in our lives and God is using that class A fire He's burning away things in our lives that are easily flammable. 
These are things that don't stand a chance in God's presence. Things like addictions, things like depression, anxiety, cursing, angry attitudes, like some of us walked in here today. And like you see, they don't stand a chance in God's presence. Because when God's presence moves in, that fire of his spirit burns those things away. They're easily flammable. And a lot of times, just coming to church, you're exposed to this class A fire. There don't need to be a preaching. There don't need to be somebody praying for you. You walk in and the holiness of his presence begins to burn away things that are easily flammable in your life. Come on, somebody. That's why we worship. That's why we have the word. That's why we have life groups. They're class A fires. Come on, we're, fire, we're starting fires in this area. That's why just coming through that door sometimes does it all. Does it all, right? Then we see other times in our lives that God is using the class B fires. And these are the things, and when he's using it, he's using it to burn away things that have no boundaries in our life. When you think of liquid, liquid has no form, right? It has no form of, it own, of its own. It has no set path. It has no boundaries. It goes all over and everywhere that it's allowed to go, right? And like liquid, there's areas in our lives that we come in with that have no restraint. There's areas in our lives that have no limits, that have no boundaries, that have no respect for God's law about that thing. They go wherever they want to go. And so what God does, right, is he comes in and begins to burn that class B fire in our lives. He burns that liquid fire to take care of those things that have no boundaries. I think one of the most famous quotes that, uh, that I've heard and many of you have heard comes from the N.A. handbook that says, one is too many and is a thousand, it's never enough. You ever heard that? See, the Lord will pursue these areas of no boundaries and he'll pursue them with fire. A lot of times we're in here and we don't realize that these areas that we come in with are really no-limit areas. And God begins to deal with those areas. God begins to, to put his spirit and his refiner's fire on us and deal with those areas, right? 1 Corinthians 6.12 says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. See, the liquid fire will come after those things in your life that are not beneficial because there's things in our lives sometimes that are not beneficial. When God is using the class C fire, and I'm just moving through these to give you a familiarity of fire. When God is using class C fire, he's dealing with and burning away those things that are being fed from a concentrated source or a concentrated evil. Stay with me on this. See, there's things in our lives, in many of our lives, that were interjected in our lives by Satan. Thoughts and behaviors and even prejudices that were demonically influenced into our lives. They became bondages. They became limits. They became insecurities. And see, when you think of an electrical fire, basically there's no fire if that electricity is off. If that dedicated source is off, there's no fire. But as long as that source is running through them walls, as long as that source is running through all over the place, then there's the possibility of a fire. And we see in our lives a lot of times that there's demonic influence. That, you know, Satan is, is, is working to interject stuff in our minds and in our marriages and in our families and in our relationships. He's working. It's a dedicated source. And so when God comes in, he's dealing with these things. An electrical fire only happens when there's current. See, God knows the areas. We may not, but God knows the areas, right, that were influenced or maybe even groomed by the enemy. 
So he goes after those things with fire. See, when I, when I came to the Lord, there was many things that, that I found out and still finding out throughout my life that they were interjected by Satan. Things that were taught to me by the enemy. Even one of the things that's most memorable in my life is how I looked at finances. And, you know, I mean, we've all heard things like if you don't work, you don't eat, right? We've heard things that, you know, uh, uh, God will only help those who help themselves. I grew up on these things, right? I mean, even some of these things I tattooed on my body, you know, that, a, you know, a hustler, you know, better things come to those who hustle, right? This was my mentality of money and finances. But coming to the Lord, I realized, man, that's, that's a lie. These are lies from the enemy. These are things that were interjected in my mind. And as I began to learn God's ways, I learned that, man, I need to get rid of this stuff. God began to put fire, right? We've been here about tithes and giving and pledges, and, and we've been, man, this is wrong. I've had it wrong, right? I remember a time in my life, even when I was working a, a, a pretty rough job, making about $300 a week. Now, some of you are like, yeah, that's a lot of money, but $300 with four kids and a wife and McDonald's a block away is not easy, right? It's not easy. 300 bucks a week. And I remember, I remember clearly during those times where God was teaching me something. It wasn't about the money. It was about my ideas and my thoughts about the money. God was dealing with me with that type of fire. He was working in my life. And then lastly, when God is working in our area, working in our lives with the last fire, which is class D fire, he's dealing with the innermost issues in our lives. He's dealing with the structural material, if you will. See, metal... It's used for structural loads. Anytime you look at a building that has multiple stories, multiple floors, they always build it with metal. See, metal melts away at 5,000 degrees Fahrenheit, which means this. It means it's not easily destroyed. See, this is the reason it's used for structural purposes. And see, when God is dealing with these areas, there are areas in our lives that have become so rooted inside of us. They've become a part of who we are. And they've shaped even our actions. Many times the Lord doesn't agree with these areas. He, so he comes in at times with that intense metal fire at these altars or in deep counseling sessions or even in a one-on-one -on -one discipleship or a one-on-one -on -one time with the Lord. And he begins to burn us with this high metal fire. It's changing our DNA. And changing our DNA is not easy. When God is in there searing our deepest beliefs, ideas and habits, when these areas begin to melt, it's because the Lord has poured his most intense heat on it, right? These are areas that he wants to end and that he doesn't agree with us and it doesn't agree with our future. Even Malachi says, who can stand the coming of the Lord? Huh? He functions as a refiner's fire, right? A lot of people want, yeah, I want more of God. But when God comes with them three with them four class fires, we're like, whoa, slow it down, God. Right? I mean, come on, let's be real, right? And most of us like, hey, I want to get on fire for the Lord. Well, some of us are on fire tonight. You're going through some things. You're on fire, fire. Lord is dealing with you. See, on the flip side, God is also compared to launder soap. Now, this is interesting. And, and I'm just, again, I'm just giving you some familiarity with it. I'm sure you guys all know what soap is, Right? But in other words, God is also like tide. He's like gain. He's like all. In a nutshell, trip off this. This is how laundry, and I didn't even know this. This is how launder soap works. Basically, water has molecules, 
right? And they only stick to water. But the soap, whatever it is, gain, tide, it has molecules as well. But those molecules stick to two things, water and grease and dirt. And so what it does is it sticks to it. Then when it mixes with water, it pulls the dirt off because it's stuck to it. See, each of us, hear me now, each of us were born with what God wanted us to have. Tell the person next to you, you're all that you're supposed to be. In Psalms 139, verse 13, the Bible says, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Proverbs 16:4 says, The Lord has made everything for its own purpose. In Ecclesiastes 7:29, the Lord says, Behold, I have found only this, that God made men upright, but they have sought out many devices. See, hear me now. God created us, yet over time, Sin, life, and other things have contaminated areas in our lives that God has given us. Distorted these areas. Used them for all the wrong reasons. Huh? Twisted them. What God intended to be straight, life and the enemy sometimes twists. Even myself, if I think back, even since a child, even since I was a little baby, the Lord has sent people to confirm over me, to prophesy over me, to tell me, that I was meant to lead, that I was meant to speak, that I was meant to preach uh, since I was a kid. Random people would walk up to my mom. Random people would pull me over. And it was something that I knew that was inside of me. However, when the enemy got a hold of it, it began to be used for all the wrong reasons. All the other things, right, that they, they, they were instilled in me began to get twisted and used. And maybe that's you here even tonight. Things that you know that are inside of you that the enemy has twisted. And sometimes you're, you're in a battle. You don't know if it's good or you don't know if it's evil because the enemy's twisted it and used it for all the wrong things. So when we get in this process, we get in the machine. We get in the washing machine. And the Holy Spirit comes in to stick to that dirt in our lives. He sticks to that grease that the world has put inside of us. And he begins to pull it away. And he begins to renew and reuse all the things that were intended for your life. Hear me now. You know, let me pause here for a second, just for a second, because, you know, there's some people that have a problem with this. It's true. There's some people that have a problem with this. See, most of us are okay with the new, right? Most of us are. We're even willing to undergo a little bit of fire because we know that God's going to do a new thing, right? But what about the reuse stuff, huh? What about the stuff that God doesn't necessarily want to get rid of, but he wants to renew it? He wants to make it better in your life. One of my favorite scriptures is 2 Corinthians 5.17, which most of you are familiar with. It says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, right? And it goes on and on. It says he is a new creature, right? That word creation in its original Greek form, let's see if I can pronounce this, it's kitsu, something like that. Not the knife, but <laughs> that's a kitsu word, kitsu. And this is what it means in its original Greek when it's talking about the word creation. It's talking about its original formation, or it's basically to act properly. So in other words, what it's saying is when Christ is involved in your life, he takes us back to our original formation so that we can act properly, so that we can act the way we were created to do so, right? So a lot of times we think, guys, oh, yeah, we're new, right? God is saying new, but what he's really saying is renew. 
in some of our in some of these areas. You know, again, you know, using using myself as an example, because uh, there's a million of them. This is you know, I should be preaching to myself on this, right? Uh, one of the, the the main things when it came to this is I was one of the ones who had a problem with it, because I always seen the new as something that I was willing to embrace, right? Knew this, knew that, but coming to the Lord, I didn't realize that there was areas that the Lord wanted to reuse. There was areas that had been twisted that God just needed to wash up a little bit, right? I came in and I realized that, man, you know what? Man, I'm not done with my marriage. I'm not done with these relationships. I'm not done with this yet. I'm not done with that. And God began to renew him. He said, look at Eric, I've created you for this. However, you need to go in the washing machine. Amen? I got some laundry soap with you. So what has God been doing in your life? What is it that you feel in your life right now? Do you feel the fire or do you feel the water in the soap? That's my question here tonight. What is it that you feel that the Lord is doing with you? Because the truth is this, as they come to the piano, short message. The truth is this. When the Lord is involved in your life, he's doing one or the other, or maybe even both at the same time. When the Lord is working with you, and I believe the Lord is working on many of you, you just don't understand what's going on. You don't understand why there's these trials. You don't understand why these things are, are, you know, they're not going away even though you're praying for them. Hear me now. God is renewing some things. You want it gone. But God is saying, no, we're going to clean it up. We're going to fix this in your life. Don't run from it. We're going to fix it. We're going to get it better. We're going to get it to the way it's supposed to be. Huh? There's other areas you know that God's been dealing with putting that fire outside, putting it on you. And you feel it. You feel it when you walk through these doors. You feel it when you're in God's presence. You feel it. And here today, I believe that God's not done with you. I'm just bringing some clarity. And as I was studying for this, it was so simple. What, what it is that, that I feel God was trying to say is this. Is that you're in a process right now. You're in a process. You're in a process because you've asked the Lord to go through the process. You've asked for him. You want God's presence. Well, he's here. And he's moving in your life. And so I'm bringing clarity so you understand that God is working that refiner's fire in your life. Burning some things. Some of them are deep. Some of them are shallow. And some of the other things that he's working on, he's trying to fix it. You're ready to throw it away, but he's not. You want to be done with it, but he's not. He's still cleaning it up. Get back in the machine. Get back in the machine. He works like that launder soap sticks, comes in right to the areas that need work, right to the areas that the world is distorted, right to the things that God is trying to get rid of. Straighten it out. Never forget, and I hear it all the time, one of my mom's favorite quotes. And she would also say it at the wrong times when I was mad, right? But man, it's stuck. She would always tell me, Eric, you're going to keep going through it. The same thing. Be a different day, different name, different situation, but the same problem until you get rid of it, until you let God deal with it. Oh, man, those are hard words to hear, right? So I tell you tonight, you're going to keep going through it. 
Maybe a different place, different situation, but the same problem. God's coming after it tonight. He's coming after it. You want more of God? Well, he's coming at you with fire and with soap. So, I want to end with a story. And it's not an easy story to tell, but I prayed about it. And I think I should tell it. When me and my wife were on our third child, uh, you know, we had a baby and, you know, things were going great. And, I mean, she had just had a baby. I mean, just had a baby. And we had taken precautions and birth control. And about a month after we had our baby, she ended up pregnant. And it just wasn't part of my plan at the time, our plan. And I know that sounds harsh. This was before we knew the Lord. Or shall I say, before we were serving the Lord. And during that time when we were going through this, it was a shock. And honestly, in my mind, and you know, we were talking about it, I said, man, I'm just not ready for another one. Man, we just had a kid. It's just like a month old, two months old. And so we talked about it over a couple days, and what are we going to do? We weren't ready financially. We weren't ready emotionally. We just weren't ready. So I thought, my immaturity thought. And we talked about it, and, and we decided, I decided, that we should probably get rid of it. Probably best. And then we'll try again. We'll try again later. And... You know, it's a hard decision to make, you know. And I'm dealing during that time with what I knew was right, my heart. But at that time, it was still a hard, you know, just weren't ready. So we even went through with it. We went through, set up an appointment, and the day came. And battle going on in her mind and my mind. And it's like, man, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? The appointment and the day came. And I'll never forget, she was supposed to go. I think I went to work. All day long, I was thinking, man, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? And then she calls. She goes, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And in my heart, I was like, God, thank you. So I said, you're right. I feel the same way. Don't do it. Don't do it. A couple months later, little Nani was born. But, yeah, give it <laughs> years went by before I understood something all my kids have a relationship with the Lord they all have their own sensitivity to God but Nani that girl there's an anointing on her all of them have their own relationship they all have something special but she likes what I like <laughs> I mean it's crazy. We're like twins sometimes. It freaks me out. And, it, you know, as the years went on, seeing that God was, had an acquainting on her, she loved the same things. I mean, I've just seen it all over. Spirit of God on her. She prayed for people to get touched. It was, I mean, kid, baby. And I'll never forget that we were on our way. We were sitting. We were going somewhere. And, and I think it was, I think, if I remember right, 
my wife's uh, grandma had gotten sick and she went and she right there in the hospital prayed for a little kid in front of everybody. And I remember hearing the story. And I remember God like really dealing with me and saying, you were going to kill her. But you got to understand, Eric, you can't kill my plan. She was my plan, not yours. And I'm going to remind you every time you look at Nani that my plan prevails. My plan prevails. Until this day, when I look at Nani, you're going through. I know I needed to share that because some of you feel like your plan is not working. God's plans prevail. I don't know what it is that God's dealing with you with. I don't know what's working and what's burning or what's washing. But God's plans prevail. You can't kill them. You can't kill them. Don't try and keep those areas that God wants to end. Let the fire come. And on the flip side, don't try and kill what God is, wants to use since the beginning. I don't know where you're at, but God's plan prevails. Bow your heads with me here tonight. He's a refiner's fire and launders soap. He's not done with you yet still working.